This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, Good evening. How are you all doing over there? Doing fine, Shannon. Good to hear your voice. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here tonight with World Ministries International and Dr. E.J. Buckhart, and uh, we hope you'll invite a friend to tune in to this hour. Uh, Brother E.J., would you like to open us up in prayer? I certainly would. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for Omega Man Radio, Lord, and all the other means of social media, TV, radio, that we can get this message, this warning message out to the world, Lord. The world needs Jesus. They need Jesus drastically, and we don't have a lot of time to waste. So I pray, Lord, as you hear the messages tonight, it'll touch your heart, and it'll open up your mouth to speak the truth to your family and to your friends. And once again, we give you thanks and praise. As Shannon said, that I'm Dr. E.J. Barkett. I've been with Dr. Hansen for about 24 years. Once again this week, he is out on ministry. And he will also be out next week, but hopefully he can be back in time for this service. But in the meantime, I want to welcome all the listeners on Shannon Davis's radio, Omega Man Radio, but it's also those that will hear it on TV, radio, social medias. Tonight, you're going to hear two messages. One's going to be by the apostolic leader, Eric Hurd. He'll be talking about the Honorable Michelle Bachman and Uganda sex laws. And then Dr. Hansen will be speaking on the champion's heart. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you to the warning program. Wherever you're watching or listening, welcome. I have a special guest here that we are talking with over the phone. His name is Eric Hurd. He's an apostolic leader. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, we need to all do what we can to be leaders, to be Issachars. He leads sons of Issachar because we're in those type of days that we need people with wisdom, people that give warning, people that help us so we can make right decisions to protect our future and our families. Eric, welcome to the warning program. It's always a pleasure, Dr. Hansen. Okay, I've got a number of things that I want to cover today, Eric. Uh, Opening statements. Yes, sir. I would always like to encourage the people. I know that we have a daunting task ahead of us. Our nation is in jeopardy right now. And I was just speaking to the Lord in my meditation and speaking with him. And I was saying something to this effect, you know, Lord, I'm just a drop in the ocean. What we're dealing with is very 
monumental. It's huge. The uh, amassing of power and wealth and influence and just so many things um, the wicked ones have been able to consolidate uh, regarding power. But we serve an almighty God who's all powerful. And what I heard back is that, and what I spoke back to the Lord was that, again, I'm a drop in the ocean, but with him, we are the ocean. And so the Bible says, if any two of you shall agree, as in touching anything you ask, it shall be done. So I do believe, again, in the power of prayer, God says again, and we will humble ourselves and pray. We will seek his face, and we're doing that as we're unpacking many of the events that are going on around the world, and turn from our own wicked ways, anything that would hinder us from that divine connection. We need to square that away so we can begin to really ask. And I know that God is on our side, and God is revealing many things to us. So we want the people to be encouraged. We still have our prayer. We are still his children, and we still can ask. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, again, I would encourage you to go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. We've got articles. I write two articles a month going back into the 1990s, solid with the Word of God. If you understand the Word of God, you are encouraged. If you don't understand the Word of God, you are discouraged because you don't know what God has promised. Again, a lack of knowledge, people perish. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not all still a little down on what's coming on America, because we should be. Judgment is falling. They're trying to take away our liberties. If the church doesn't get involved, we're going to have sweeping uh, persecution. We're going to have death by the millions. That's the reality. And anybody says something different, they're preaching a wrong gospel. We must wake up America. That's why this program is called Warning. Warning. Not falseless basis for encouraging people so they don't get involved urgently for what's going on. We are in desperate times. Now, but if you go to my website, www.worldministries.org, I also did a program not too long ago discussing why our prayers sometimes aren't answered on our time schedule. I did just Yesterday, The Champion's Heart, and uh, all of the programs, I believe, are very encouraging, but they're very truthful, too. The problem today, Eric, is pastors are not, for the most part, telling the truth. They're cherry-picking the Word of God, making everything sound rosy, and that's not what the situation in America today is. Well, they don't understand the times. Before you can, again, in war, you have to understand what you're dealing with, and for the most part, the mainline churches have not understood, have not been in lockstep with the Lord as the spirit of, of God is moving and changing. So many things have been revealed over the last couple of years um, with the excuse me, introduction of former President Trump has revealed so much wickedness. Uh, the Internet has revealed so much evil and wickedness, and God is exposing these things. So you need an Issachar. You need someone who can understand and dissect and unpack these multitudes of circumstances and situations going on in the nation, and we have to be alert to know what's going on. If they don't have that as a starting point, then they're going to just preach um, out of their own minds. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Warning Program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I have apostolic leader Eric Hurd with me today. I'll tell you what, we are in times that, again, if you know the times, you can be excited 
I can be encouraged because I know the promises of God. I know I never die. If I don't know the signs of the times and I don't know the word of God, let me tell you, you don't even want to listen to the truth. You want to put your head under your pillow and pretend it's not here. But that's not going to save you. The people that did that in Germany were executed. They went to concentration camps. Uh, we are in these times and we better be aware of it. Now, I spent last night an evening with the Honorable Michelle Bachman. Uh, Michelle Bachman was a former member of Congress. She also ran for president of the United States. I had a chance to talk with her. And uh, I'll tell you what, she shared things. And I, it sounded like I was listening to myself. She talked about death by government. She talked about how by May, the end of May, Biden wants to put, he wants to put the United States under the WHO, World Health Organization. If that happens, they can set the tone for the next pandemic, which they will create. And we will all have to do what they say. You will be vaccinated or you'll be basically without freedom, even even to get into your money. Uh, Eric, this is serious. It sounds like revelation and the mark of the beast. Absolutely. We're right here. And again, if we don't do something, uh, faith without works is dead. And we need to seek the Lord on exactly what to do. This is where it's going. We're here right now. Push have come to shove. We have a tyrannical government that actually should not be there, but they're there. And um, uh, the occupier in the White House, he's only taking his orders from a well-orchestrated deep state. So he's really not doing anything. He's just a figurehead right now. But we have to, the church has to rise up. We need, again, a great awakening. We need to ask the Lord for his intervention. If not, we need to brace ourselves. Well, I was with a lot of political leaders last night, as well as uh, different members of law enforcement. Again, uh, Michelle Bachman. I appreciated everything she said. I didn't realize her background was so serious with with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. She ran for president, and uh, she really brought down uh, the house as far as the truth, calling them monsters and everything else, what's going on. This is sheer tyranny, the top of the United States of America. Uh, they're trying to stop Trump by all means. Why? Because they are afraid of Trump. They are afraid of him. And uh, once they take him down, if they take him down, then we're all up for grabs. We're all on the list. And so he is basically standing in the gap. And I believe that we need to pray for him that, again, the enemy's schemes will be exposed and they will backfire. And overwhelmingly, the American population will uh, turn against, again, uh, the deep south, uh, the overwhelmingly turn against Democrats who now are just sheer communist. Eric? Yes, well, I was listening to and reviewing again the Communist Manifesto. And so this has been an agenda for many years. And so now they think they have culminated, they have consolidated power, they need it, and they can do everything they want to do. But again, there's a God factor. So God knows how to intervene where we cannot. We do what we can, but we trust God who has uh, given us the victory through Jesus Christ. And we ask for wisdom um, that we will know how to conduct ourselves and know what to do in this time. So I'm thanking God because it's a showdown. They, they have been exposed. 
Their hands have been exposed. We know now who we're dealing with. So it's made clear now. And we thank God for um, President Trump. We'll continue to pray for him and his wisdom for his staff. Because, again, like you said, if they can take him down, they can come after anyone else. And with that, they can fabricate. There were so many hoaxes concerning when he ran for president, the impeachment, the uh, dossier. There's so many things they've tried to come up against this uh, president. And so, but they failed. So I do agree with you that it will boomerang, that will come to naught, that will crash and burn. They will fall short. David said something to this effect. He said, when they came, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. And though a host be a cap round about me, and this will I be confident. One thing have a desire of the Lord that I may seek after, and that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. So we know that God's army is greater than the enemy. And so we uh, we have confidence, even as the three who three boys who were in the fiery furnace, they did not compromise. And God was able to show himself strong and will continue to do so for those who do not compromise. Michelle Balkman uh, used the same type of terminology that we have used, that we're dealing with monsters now, that we are in yes. total lawlessness and that we're in a banana republic that again the other side their crimes biden's crimes are are so huge hillary's crimes were uh, so huge and yet they're going after donald trump for frivolous uh incidents in the past that just is total ridiculous but uh, again she used the word total lawlessness banana republic uh, a communistic regime is what they're trying to implement right now and basically only the church can stop it if the church will wake up eric praise god i thank god that and i spoke on this last uh, segment that it doesn't take many people. We have need, we need dedicated people who really understand their God. The Bible says that those that know their God, and that means an intimate relationship, yada is the Hebrew word, uh, will be strong and do exploits. Um, I know that when um, President Trump was running for office the first time, we had a group of men together. We would meet every Saturday. And we had a list, as it were, of things that we wanted God to do. And so... We prayed and we were able to check off everything on that list, Dr. Hansen. We were asking specific things. And so I do believe that God, and I'm asking God, give us one more chance. Give us one more time as you did with Samson. Praise the Lord. And that we may beat these people down. They may be uh, found and everyone around the world. And I'm, I'm seeing great movements around the world, uh, even over in France. Um, these people plunder, they steal, they kill. They lie. And so it is total lawlessness is where they are right now. So uh, whatever they put out, we, you know, I can't even expect them to be any other than what they are. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, you're listening, watching The Warning Program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the president of World Ministries International, also leading Eagle Saving Nations. I have apostolic leader Eric Hurd on the program with me. Uh, we know, dear God. Uh, all of you, uh, we pray to God to intervene, but God is not coming out of heaven to save our nation. The church has to wake up and, if you want to say, save their nation through the power of the Holy Ghost. 
Uh, You can pray all you want. Jesus is not coming out of heaven to save your nation. All over the world, Christians have died, are dying by the millions. Uh, When Christians have just thought they could pray about it, they died in every nation on earth by the millions, by the millions. China, by the millions. We have a responsibility. We're living under, again, we're in grace, but Satan, the prince of the air, is ruling this world, not Jesus Christ. Again, he gave that responsibility to you and me to go and occupy, take dominion, rule, reign, be salt, be his ambassadors, make disciples of the nation. But for the most part, the church in America has failed. I've talked about this forever, the last 20 some years. You understand this if you listen to this warning program each and every day, seven days a week. You understand the situation in America today. Half of the church is under the Federal Council of Churches. That's a Marxist regime, uh, communist, and that's why they back sins of abomination. Uh, if we don't have a tremendous repentance, uh, this nation is going to be judged even if we put in Donald Trump. Millions will die anyway. We've got to have a great awakening, a great repentance. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org. Join today, Eagles Saving Nations. We want to get into the national football stadiums, the NBA stadiums, uh, the civic centers, all these type of venues. We want Pentecost to come down once again upon those people inside the stadiums, the arenas, and let the power of God flow through them as they exit and help bring back America. Speak the truth. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. Now, Eric, Uganda passes sweeping new anti-gay legislation. Uganda's parliament on Tuesday passed sweeping new anti-gay legislation that allows death sentences for HIV-positive people engaging in repeated sexual intercourse with someone of the same gender and life imprisonment for same-sex relations. The bill, which now goes to President Museveni for his signature, also foresees prison terms of up to 20 years for anyone identifying as gay, lesbian, transgender, or non-binary and criminalizes actions such as touching another person with the intention of committing the act of homosexuality. Again, that article from The Guardian. In a time when they're trying to use LGBTQ to basically, uh, if we want to say, neuter the American men. All China is behind this whole thing, but neuter the American men. China is in a death spiral. Why? Because of two decades of one-child policy. Now they're in trouble, and they're wanting to neuter the men in America. Now, we talked about that even uh, last night with Michelle Bachman. Uh, You understand this, Eric. They're trying to neuter the American men. And so all of a sudden, we don't have really a fighting force. Eric? Absolutely. Again, this is a demonic strategy. You see those coming across the border is a multi-pronged attack on America. And even the injections, uh, doctors are showing that uh, the spike protein is replacing sperm. The sperm count of men also as well have diminished by 50% according to these reports. And so um, with the masculine, the toxic masculinity, all the attack on the male, and it's the male who will stand up for their nations. They've attacked the, um, the uh, military. 
And so uh, we don't have strong men in the military. You have trans and all these other people coming in. Again, what people do in their bedroom is their business. But again, we cannot fight with strength if we're morally corrupt, if our moral compass have been destroyed. You cannot have strength. Strength comes from for, for being righteous. And God supports the righteous. So again, it's an attack of the borders. It's an attack of the chemicals. It's an attack of the ideologies that's going on in our land. Well, I totally agree. And uh, I know people have adapted you know it's it's none of none of our business what you do behind closed doors well i i i differ with that in scripture behind closed doors brought judgment on a nation and uh, the sin that they hid was exposed uh, the nations then were judged i did an article a long time ago in fact a book uh, the science of judgment that goes into uh, we are responsible that God will judge a nation for its sins. Years ago, sodomy was against the law up until 1973. We understood how deplorable it was and we arrested them. Uh, I'm going to read a couple history. Go back. Let's go back in time. February 2011. Whistleblower states George Washington believed sodomy and infamous crime that was to be at hoard and detested. In the case uh, and court-martial Lieutenant Frederick Gothold tried March 10, 1778, his sentence was to be drummed out of the camp with infamy never to return. William Blackstone, who wrote commentaries on the law, once the very foundation of American legal prudence, could scarcely bring himself to mention the subject of homosexual sodomy, which he called a disgrace, a disgrace to human nature. Thomas Jefferson authored a bill penalizing sodomy by castration. This is President Thomas Jefferson. New York, the penalty for the detestable and abominable vice of buggery was hanging. That was New York City. Likewise, Connecticut laws required the death penalty. Georgia, a little more liberal, the penalty being life imprisonment at hard labor. Maine, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, and Vermont, all prescribed sentences from one year at hard labor to death. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I could keep reading our history. That's when this nation was under God and they realized again that sins brought judgment and tore down a nation. Eric? Absolutely right. And Satan knows that these sins will bring about the judgment of God. He cannot look away as it was. Jesus said in the way it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. And you'd be surprised that people in leadership, at so-called leadership in our nation, who are involved in these very acts and, and <clears throat> excuse me, even much, much worse, even with children. And so um, these things will bring definitely a swift um, judgment on uh, on our nation and I think our nation is too arrogant and proud they think that God doesn't see he doesn't know and so um, we're in a rude awakening and pride goes before destruction the Bible says and every nation that forget, forgets God will be turned into hell so we have better do some repenting from the top to the bottom but again you'd be surprised at some of the so-called leaders in our nation who are engaging in such activity Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to The Warning Program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International, Apostolic Leader Eric Hurd.
Make sure you tune in tomorrow as we continue on this warning program. I'm going to continue with Eric Hurd tomorrow. Now, again, listen and watch and order the book, The Science of Judgment, and you'll know exactly what's happening in America right now. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, Ungodly Alliances, God is Predictable, God Holds People Accountable, Man Can Turn into an Intelligent Beast to Do Evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism. Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and Its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment? has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus, if laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and shalom. We're in our college chapel here at World Ministries International, our classroom, and I'm speaking today in front of a live audience. The topic, the champion's heart the champion's heart proximo told the fighters in the movie gladiator quote ultimately we are all dead men unquote quote sadly we cannot choose how but we can decide how we meet that end in order that we are remembered as men 
unquote. The question is, how will the journals of heaven and the memories of people on earth remember you? How are they going to remember you? 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. For I am ready to be poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. If we love his appearing, we keep his commandments. The champion's heart. How will people remember you? I know how I remember my grandmother, Letta Henson, a woman of faith, poured out her life serving God, went to a concentration camp, my grandfather. I know how I remember my father, lived for the kingdom, had nothing to give us when he left the earth, but an old car that went to one of my daughters. But he poured out his life for the kingdom. How are people going to remember you? Paul, the great apostle, is happy as his life is drawing near to its end. He's happy. Many people are not happy because he is satisfied that all his work is done and that his life has been spent in pleasing God. Some people are going to have a lot of regrets. They lay on their deathbed regretting. What a wonderful thought it is to imagine coming to the end of life and being able to rest in our beds with the satisfaction of knowing that God will has been completed in our lives. His will has been completed. Releasing the great expectancy Paul had of his reward, expressed in anticipation of receiving what? He talked about the crown of righteousness, unquote. Paul understood in totality that all was expected of him by the Lord and used his checklist, if you want to call it that, to confirm that he had accomplished it all. The apostolic grace causes a person to be conscientious regarding the stewardship of the gifts and calling bestowed on them by the Lord. The Lord gives the fivefold gifts of ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor. We should know by the Holy Spirit. We are conscious of that fact of his grace in our lives. Are we using his grace? The apostolic grace causes a person to be conscientious. This same consciousness can be experienced by all believers who are exposed to apostolic ministry. In many cases, believers go through long periods of, if we want to say, wandering in the wilderness, not having ascertained what their purpose and calling may be. Paul's list included three areas that sum up his apostolic job description. One, I have fought a good fight. Paul uses the illustration that commonly understood by those living under Roman rule and occupying legions of soldiers. However, he knew that the battle was with a spiritual army. Spiritual army of demons on earth and spiritual rulers in the heavens. Paul had revelation of the enemy's capabilities, 
strength of forces, weapons at their disposal against mankind. He understood the demonic and how it worked. I think many people on earth don't understand the demonic. They wouldn't recognize a demon inside of their best friend. They won't have any discernment when spirits come and attack their marriage. They have no discernment if they're splitting up their church. And they certainly can't cast them out because they don't even recognize one. Paul knew that his spiritual enemy was a spiritual military strategist who made well-planned attacks against the church. As an apostle, he was equipped with intelligence. We want to say God's intelligence, which is super intelligence. From the Holy Spirit that enabled them to always triumph in Christ through the use of the armor of God, gifts of the Spirit, authority of the believer. Are we using spiritual intelligence? Are we being discipled and trained? Are we attending a church where then Issachar is leading, not just a pastor that is in love with the world? If you're attending that type of church, why are you attending? I never get sitting under a dead man. Are they in tune with what's going on in the world? Are they teaching you to move with the Spirit of God? Are they teaching you to lay hands on the sick or recognize demons or cast them out? It's pathetic if you listened to a man and watched him all your life, but yet you can't move in those same type of anointing. We're supposed to lay hands on the sick. You're supposed to have authority to cast out demons. Paul was a spiritual general through the use of the armor of God. Paul trained his troops to invade enemy territory and, quote, destroy strongholds, unquote, with the anointed word of God, plundering those held captive by the devices of the enemy. Are you able to destroy the enemy that is trying to destroy you? your home, your family. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Punishing all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. A good fight is a fight that you win. If I'm in a fight and I lose, I don't call it a good fight. No matter how valiantly you may fight, the matter is who is left standing when the battle is over. Well, I fought a good fight. Did you win or lose? Well, I tried. I don't care if you tried. In war, you're dead. In the gladiators, you're dead. It's nice you tried hard, but you're dead. Spiritually, as our Christian life, many times we are dead. We, we lose our battles. We suffer needlessly. We're not prosperous. We're not victorious. How many times do we need the same truth taught before applied and we're victorious? A good fight is a fight you win. Paul was satisfied that he won the battles that he faced in the name of the Lord in each province of the known world where he established the church of Christ and he left a contingency of disciples to carry on the work. 
of expanding the kingdom of God in the region. Even though the enemy made many attempts on his life, he had many scars to prove that. Yet he was victorious and he remained alive until he was, quote, ready to give up, to offer up his life. He was ready to offer it up. He gave it up. He could have ran. He could have saved his life. Jesus could have saved his life. He knew what he was doing on his way to Jerusalem. Paul knew what he was doing. He was warned what would happen to him. It wasn't that he couldn't escape. It is good to be able to look back and see that your labor was not in vain. That those you have trained are continuing to bear the fruit for the glory of God. That is satisfaction. So Paul one fought a good fight. Again, we're talking today about the champion's heart. Number two, I have finished the race. Again, Paul uses the illustration from the sports arena of his day. You know, he used being a soldier because he lived under Roman occupation control. He used an athlete because, again, in Rome, you had the games all the time. You had the gladiator sports. You had other things that you had to train if you wanted to compete, if you wanted to live. If you have no hope of living, then you're dead. Then you don't train. If we want to live longer, we've got to train. We've got to force ourselves to be obedient to the truth and the word of God. If you take it casually, you'll be a casualty. You know, we could talk about health. You could have a health doctor talk to you every day, and you never lose a pound, and you're fat as a glutton. If you take your health casualty, casually, you'll be a casualty. When are we going to change? It's up to you. The battle's in the mind. It's the same thing spiritually. When are you going to be able to lay hands on the sick, defeat the enemy, cast out demons? Well, I'm not interested. Well, shame on you then. Shame on you. That's part of the gospel. What God said you should be doing, what you should be striving for. Some people just want to strive in their matter of work. That's nice, but at the end of the day, when you lie in bed dying, are you going to be happy? Well, God, I wasn't really interested and that's why I didn't move in the gifts. Well, I think you're going to be afraid, frankly, even to die. Paul was ready to offer up his life. Again, I have finished the race. Here is the fact that he was never disqualified from the race. But he crossed the finish line after staying in his lane for the whole race. If you were in a race and you went outside of your line, your lane, you were disqualified. One of the sports, I, I was in sports every season. I was a four-year letterman. And every single, every single fall, winter, spring, I was in sports. And I lettered in everything. But there was rules I had to follow. Or I was disqualified. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we for the imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. 
Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I disciple my body and bring it to submission, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. When I was in SWAT and we trained constantly as, as well as ran 10K competitive races every weekend, and I would train even for eight-mile races a leg. Each one ran eight miles up a hill. Yeah, up a hill eight miles. You try that. Some of you can't walk eight blocks, not yet eight miles up a hill. Run. But we trained constantly. It was a privilege to be on that team. You were the elite. Whatever I have done, I've wanted to be the best. If you can't be the best, why are you trying? Mediocracy is a life of failure. Understand that. If you're satisfied to be mediocre and not with excellence, I don't want to be mean, but you are probably a failure. We are supposed to excel in whatever we do for the glory of God. We're supposed to give it our best effort so we and God will reward us and we'll be promoted in our physical activities and works. We don't just get by. Or we shouldn't want that attitude. I'm just going to get by. Finishing without disqualifying was an important goal for the apostle, as it should be with all of us. The idea of disqualification and forfeiting was what is promised is then illustrated by apostle using Israel and their failure to wholly follow the Lord. You see it all the time, their failure, them going into bondage, then their repentance, and then God bringing them out of bondage. Paul even lists the reasons for their failure to enter the promised land and warns believers not to follow in the footsteps of these rebels, these people of unbelief. These who call themselves children of God. God called them rebels, people of unbelief. They were called the children of God. But not all the children of God received the promises of God or the blessings of God or moved into the promised land. I don't believe he is talking to believers about maybe missing heaven, although sometimes he is. Each one has to judge for himself, but warning them regarding disqualifying from obtaining all of God's promises that God has planned for you in your life. Are you going to really fulfill your destiny? Or are you satisfied with something far less? These blessings may include fruitfulness in ministry, divine health, financial prosperity, protection from the enemy. I believe many, quote, Christians suffer these and many other areas because they don't strive to be excellent. They don't strive to be a soldier, an athlete in competition like under Rome. Consequently, again, I've said it in the past, if you take it casually, you'll be a casualty. You know, an unlicensed holistic doctor, Ray Gabara, came up with that phrase that stuck with me. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 11. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual food. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not pleased with their bodies and they were scattered in the wilderness. 
Now these became examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. And we do not become idolaters as some of them were. As it's written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 died. Not let us tempt Christ as some of them tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples. They were written for our admonition upon whom the end of the ages have come. Are we like these people who died in the wilderness? Frankly, some of you watching and listening are. Maybe some in this very room. The Corinthian believers were in danger of disqualification because of the false sense of security that existed among them. As Paul said, Therefore let not who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. 1 Corinthians 10.12 A number of years ago, Leonard Ravenhill wrote the book Drinking from the River and Dying in the Wilderness. He points out the dangers of false security that comes from enjoying God's blessings in our midst and the Spirit poured out among us while still continuing to indulge in the flesh and sin. The Corinthians were having a great move of God but were not allowing their lifestyle to catch up with the anointing they were experiencing when together. It's easy to think we must be okay since God is still among us. That God doesn't really mind if we continue to live as we have and did before we were saved. They drank from the river and died in the wilderness. The Israelites had a river of God among them that was manifested in five spiritual natural provisions. In other words, supernatural. Supernatural protection of the cloud, supernatural deliverance through the sea, supernatural leadership of Moses, and supernatural food from heaven, as well as supernatural water from the rock. With all of these manifested blessings, they still continued in five sins that brought disqualification to them, not allowing them to enter the promise of God and the land that God promised them. They couldn't enter into the promises of God because of sin, lusting after evil things. Idolatry, sexual immorality, tempting Christ, complaining. I know some, every church usually has a few big mouths. You know, they, they, you know you're not as holy as I am. Uh, I don't watch pornography. I don't do this. I don't do that. No, you just talk behind leadership's back. You're called a big mouth. And God puts you as disqualifying the blessings of God. Do we care? If you don't care, might as well be content with a life of failure. Might as well quit praying over things that you never see victory because you're not going to get them until you control your mouth. These sins cause the Israelites to step out of bounds. When Paul uses the illustration running a race, he's referring to the fact that a runner must stay in his lane. He must stay in boundaries if he's going to finish the race. God has a lane, boundaries for all of us. The lines are on either side of the lane and they're there to make sure the runner runs straight. The straightest way to the goal. They're not there to provide a hindrance, but to provide opportunity to succeed. If we want to succeed in life, we follow the lanes and the lines on those lanes that God has provided for us. He's warned us to stay in your lane. Often the boundaries set for the believer might seem restricted 
and may cause rebellion in one's heart through complaining against the way God is dealing with us. How many people complain when God is dealing with you? You know, it's easy to say yes because most people have done it, but you don't want to always do it. You're not going to get your promises answered, your prayers. The promises aren't going to be yours. You've got to quit complaining. Didn't you hear the example? They died for these reasons. They died by the thousands. God knows what we must do to obtain all he has planned for us. God knows, even if we don't know what he's doing. Boundaries are necessary for training and self-discipline, protocol and submission. Without these established in our lives, we will not finish our race. Paul was satisfied knowing that he could not cross the line set up in his journey because he wanted a life of excellence. He had to stay within his calling and, and sphere of ministry, maintaining the example that others throughout the generations could follow. Paul said, three, I have kept the faith. Mark eleven twenty four, as well as Hebrews eleven one, we talk about faith. We're usually referring to the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. That's Hebrews eleven one. That faith that Jesus was talking about in Mark eleven twenty four is called the prayer of faith. Do we expect our prayer of faith to be answered? Then stay in your lane, cross the lanes into sin, whether it's just gossiping, complaining, backbiting, murmuring. It doesn't have to be pornography or immorality or adultery, homosexuality. God judges the heart, the attitude. Mark eleven twenty four. therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask for, when you believe, believe that you receive them and you'll have them if you stay in your lane. That's what he's saying throughout the Bible. Faith perceives as a real fact that which has not yet been revealed to the five physical senses. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Believing that you've already received them, even if you can't see them yet. This is faith we use to ascertain the promises of God. Actually, this faith is our sixth sense. It's believing in the heart independently of the five physical senses. But Paul was not talking about faith in this sense. He was talking about faith in the sum total of our beliefs. This is faith. Jude was describing in a small letter that was under attack by the heretics, the defilers. Jude 3, beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend for the faith which was once for all believers delivered. It was delivered to the saints. Paul was satisfied that he kept the faith. He preserved the cardinal doctrines of Christianity that he established for the Christians to have sound doctrine. Doctrine means teaching. Paul taught the truth and he charged Timothy to teach the truth. And 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 4, I charge you therefore by Jesus who would judge all living and the dead. Preach the word, be ready in season, convince, rebuke, exhort, and all long-suffering teaching, for they shall endure strong doctrine. God bless you. Hello, Shannon. Praise the Lord. Powerful teaching tonight. Uh, what an honor to be here with you, Brother EJ and World Ministries family. 
And folks, uh, every Friday we have this uh, great honor to um, host on this network um, another edition of The Warning Program with uh, Dr. Jonathan Hansen, Dr. E.J. Buckhart, and others. Uh, Brother E.J., how can people tuning in tonight um, be a part of the ministry and support WMI? Now, we're in the most popular way, I believe, is to go to the website, www.worldministries.org. That's www.worldministries.org. And there you can sign up on the donation button for uh, giving to us to help us get this message out. We take Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover, PayPal, and Zelle. And Zelle, of course, you use the email address warning, W-A-R-N-I-N-G, at worldministries.org. That's their email for Zell. Warning at worldministries.org. We also can call us at office here for the United States. It's uh, 360-629-5248. That's 360-629-5248. You can also write a letter to uh, World Ministries International, which you can put it as WMI. The post office is well aware of that, WMI. P.O. Box 277, that's P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. And uh, you can also go on a website and sign up for Pastor's News, his uh, email newsletters. He sends out twice a month. And uh, you can send an email to warning at worldministries.org. Again, you can sign up by going to warning at worldministries.org. And we're also looking for intercessors around the world. And you can also go to that same email address, warning at World Ministries, and join up the soldiers of the cross. And you can also reach us on Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and YouTube, and other channels. Uh, and uh, get spread the word, because the best way for people to come to know what is going on is the spreading of the word by your friends, your relatives, People you work with, Lord. And there's many out there that are just hungry, hungry to find some truth, to find some peace, some find them joy. They're concerned. But we know if we give our lives to the Lord, He will see us through, and we can have that joy and the peace that only He can give. Amen. Again, worldministries.org, folks. They also take PayPal. I encourage people to support the ministry. Brother E.J., would you like to close us in prayer tonight? Yes. Once again, Lord, we thank you that you have called and chosen many men and women of God to bring out the warning message, Lord. But not only do we have to be called and chosen, but we have to be faithful, as it says in Revelation. Those who are called and chosen and faithful Many are called, many are chosen, but not that many remain faithful, Lord. So we pray, Lord, that you'll help us, each individual that's hearing this message, to be faithful to the calling that they have. Because each and every member of God's kingdom has a calling. And they're all different because the body has eyes and arms and legs. And if they don't have a complete body, it's hard to do a complete work for the Lord. And so, determine what your calling is and be faithful to that calling. And Lord, we also pray, Lord, that you will touch the hearts of these listeners. 
and let them become aware of the seriousness of the times. Not to be afraid, God says, fear not, for I'm with you. But to know the signs of the times so that we can take the proper stand and we can help all those who are fearful so they do not have to be fearful. And Lord, I want to thank you again for Shannon Davis, Lord, and the Omega Man Radio. It's one of the greatest ways we've had to get our message out. And he's been a blessing to us, and he always says we've been a blessing to him. And that's what we like as Christian brothers, that we can all bless each other. We give you thanks and praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I say amen to that. It's an honor to work with you all. We love you, Brother EJ and family out there, and we'll see you next time. Okay, Thank good you night. very much. Good night. Please check out Eagle Savings Nations on our website. That's www.worldministries.org and click on Eagle Saving Nations. A little bit of the summary of the vision to wake up Christians to the reality that the situation has taken place in the nation today to expose the forces that are attempting to replace the Republic of America under the morality of God's defined in the Bible with tyranny and thus communism. So please go and to sign up to support Eagle Saving Nations. There's different financial supports. And we need to get this Eagle Saving Nations on the ground so that we can meet in stadiums and to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to move in such a fashion that we can restore America back to its biblical principles and let God save this nation. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.